I would sit down and say, what are those areas either where you're struggling, where you're looking for accountability and maybe to be pushed or for growth? And then areas just where you're looking for connection to be around other like-minded individuals, whether it's around a hobby or a specific topic or something that you're passionate about. And then once you have those things written down, I would really sit and think, how can I serve in this capacity to provide a mutually beneficial experience? Because cultivating community, whether it's through making new mom friends or it's through a networking experience, if you're just asking all the time, that's not cultivating community, right? It's a bi-directional exchange between both you and the other people that are in this space. Mama! Let's reimagine mom life together. Mama House Goals is your hub for relatable support and helpful resources that help you fuel yourself alongside motherhood. Your identity is bigger than mom and whatever your goals are, together we're making them a reality. There are these universal themes throughout life that we all have, that we all carry, but it can look really different inside of that theme for each of us. And motherhood is an example for this community with that, where we may all share a version of the title mom, but it looks different. It's played out different day to day in our lives. And another version of this is community and connection. Today, we're talking about all things community and connection because it is a universal theme that we all have. We are all connected to different people in our life, and maybe we are looking for different connections. We're hoping for a different type of friendship, or we're wanting to pull in different people into our life. Maybe we want to push some people away. And today, our guest, Haley Westfall, is a former 20-year corporate leader turned two-times founder, business strategist, and community-building mentor. She's born and raised in Arizona, and Haley is a wife, self-proclaimed queen of her tiny girl gang, three daughters, 10, 7, and 4 and lover of humans and espresso. She has an operational background and a master's degree in leadership. She's led teams from five to 500 and has an insane passion for connecting with people. Haley now helps fellow founders grow their business and bottom line through community and connection. In addition to this, Haley is the co-founder of an Arizona membership-based community for female entrepreneurs and professionals called Collab Culture. And we talk about how community is a really great way to build business. We also talk about how this shows up for us personally, whether it's in our household, with our friendships, navigating different things in our life, and how we should lean on other people and we should lead to build community and how community can look very different in many different ways. So maybe you're thinking, I don't want to be a part of another group or I don't want to lead something like that. I'd love for you to listen in as we break down how this shows up already in your life, how you can nurture it more and build different profit in your life revenue wise, but also energetically and make community and connection something that you are really nurturing in the right ways with the right intention and purpose as you continue into life. We also talk about just how Haley navigates all these different things in her life prioritizes the different roles that she has and the newness and transitions from oldest to youngest child and what that looks like. So dive on in. Haley, I'm super excited to chat today. I always love when we jump on and we're like before the recording catching up. I'm like, we should be talking about all this. So let's push record. But one of the things I always advocate for the women in our community do is to build relationships with other women that they're craving, whether it's online, in person, And we're going to talk about that so much today, but you're one of my favorite people I've met through different communities. And one of the things that I kind of love about our friendship and the way it's been nurtured is we met multiple times before it was really like, oh, hey, I actually really like you and we should continue to stay connected. But it wasn't like, oh, I'm not sure about you yet, right? I hear this from other people and I had to like decide if that person, it was like, no, we're just like busy people. And we were like passing in lanes next to each other. And then it was like, no, wait, you come over to my lane. I'm going to come over to your lane. I want to definitely connect more. But that takes intentionality. And when you're a busy mom running businesses or working hard and navigating little humans, you have to like pause and find your people. I want to take it back and know where this started for you in being an intentional connector. Where did you first realize that you needed to like put some intention behind the connections in your life? 
For sure. I would say I've always been a very social person on the outside, if you will. I would consider myself extroverted. I've also always been a super social person. But I feel like really in becoming a mom is when community really became apparent for me that it needed to require more than like the superficial numbers of how many people that you knew, right? There was this different sense of belonging, this different sense of stress and chaos and excitement and uncertainty and just waters that I had never navigated before. For context, I have three daughters. They are the tiny girl gang. I have dubbed myself their queen and they are 10, 7, and 4 and they are my greatest gift, but also absolute feral lunatics. And I feel like when I became a mom, I was one of the first friends in my friend group to get married, but one of the later ones to have kids. So a fair amount of my friends already had babies by the time that we had our oldest. And I feel like in that time, I just had a lot of uncertainty. We had a miscarriage prior to having my first daughter, and that just brought a whole different level of stress and anxiety around keeping this tiny human alive and what all the things that I needed to do. And so I would say motherhood for sure is where it became really apparent. And I started getting really intentional about the people I was connecting with, in what way, and how I was creating that mutually beneficial relationship with them. Mm. And then there's being your own leader, right? Like in that situation, you're leading your own community and connection. But you're a business leader, a community leader, a family leader, you're a prior corporate leader. Where and you have a master's in leadership, like literally leadership all over. Have you always considered yourself a leader or is that something that you stepped and grew into as you cultivated these communities? I would say I've always considered myself a leader in certain capacities. But now that I look back in time, I really can see areas in which I've grown in areas where I've learned and really been able to fine tune my skills because I think what I thought was effective leadership strategies maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, I look back now and say, terrible, but could have been better. Yeah, we're supposed to improve, right? Whether it's like we look at, we were just talking about the transition from your first to your third child in kindergarten. We evolve and we learn along the way, right? And we're going to navigate situations differently. And I think when we think about like our communities and our connections, that might show up too, where we might realize someone that was a really great connection and friend for us maybe isn't meant to be that same connection forever. And maybe they are, but you need to put new people into your life as you become a new person. What has that journey looked like for you? Like when you're talking about at the very beginning, stepping into motherhood, looking for that connection to now all the different versions of communities that you're a part of? Yeah, I love this question. And I actually, I was on a mastermind trip back in October and a friend and I were taking a walk down to the beach in Newport. And we were talking about this very topic and having really aligned expectations with relationships and understanding that everyone is not going to serve you in every season of life. And it doesn't mean you have to have this formality of writing someone off and you're not going to talk to them again. But it just we do go through those ebbs and flows of like the different areas of our life and where we're looking for that support. I'm actually it's funny, the irony here. I just started reading a book last night called Find Your People by Jenny Allen. She also wrote another book called Get Out of Your Head. And she talks a lot about this, about when we're cultivating these relationships, about placing really realistic expectations on other people and ourselves and getting really aligned with the spaces that they're serving us in. So when I was talking to the friend on the walk to the beach, I said, I would never go to my single friend for marriage advice, right? I wouldn't go to my husband for entrepreneur business ownership advice. He doesn't own a business. I would never go to my non-parent friend for parenting advice. And so getting really clear on those places and spaces and the way that you're serving and other people are serving you, I think is really important because It allows us to not get disappointed and to also not place unrealistic expectations on other people, which then creates this weird friction because we're assuming that they're going to be everything to us when really Mm -hmm. that's just an unfair expectation to place on other people, right? And I think to your point, there's seasons where that's going to happen. I wasn't always an entrepreneur. I didn't need entrepreneur friends five years ago, 10 years ago. 
But also my corporate friends are my friends in a completely different capacity now that I don't work in corporate anymore. So mm-hmm. I just think it ebbs and flows. And I think a constant check-in with yourself of where am I looking to be poured into and how can I pour into others? And then aligning those relationships accordingly is huge. And I would strongly recommend doing it more often than you think you actually need to. Yeah. Is there like a tangible journaling exercise or a question that someone could reflect on to help them take the first step to finding either one new connection or a new community? Because I think of those commercials, I don't know if you saw them going around, where they were showing there's a Facebook group for everything. No matter what it is, you can probably find a Facebook group to connect you in it from the most off the wall thing to general mom groups. But there's communities outside of Facebook groups just like that. So There isn't like one size fits all, but it's finding your people. And I think sometimes when you're feeling alone and maybe you're in like the trenches of motherhood or the trenches of your job or whatever it is that you have going on in life, it's hard to find the confidence to step into a new relationship or a new community and put that effort out there. Yeah. And sometimes you don't even know what you're looking for. So I think of this when someone says like, how can I help? And you're like, I don't know, right? It's the same thing of what type of friend are you looking for? I don't know. So how do you get someone to acknowledge what they're looking for so they can find it? Yeah, I think less is more like really starting simple because I think this, you know, assumption that we have to fix all of the world's problems, all of our own problems, especially as a mom, we're fixers, we're the one that owns the responsibility of all of these things. And I think getting really simple and going one thing at a time, where I tend to lead more as like a servant leader. So I am looking at how I can help pour into other people and then in return, get that reciprocated energy back into me. So I usually recommend people start with like your top three. And so this could be areas of your life where you're feeling like you need support. It could be areas of your life where you're looking to be challenged. You need accountability. Or it could be areas of your life where you're just looking for connection. When I left the corporate space, it was not on my own terms. My position was eliminated. And I really had to immediately pivot and figure out I'm like, I don't even know who my people are. Like I went from 20 years of being so crystal clear day in and day out of the people that I was going to, not only for work things, but personal things too, right? When you work corporate, you usually spend, especially if you're in office, more time with those people than you do with your actual family. And so very quickly, I had to try to figure out, I don't even know what I need. What does this look like? And sitting down and figuring out what that looks like. So I would sit down and say, What are those areas either where you're struggling, where you're looking for accountability and maybe to be pushed or for growth, and then areas just where you're looking for connection to be around other like-minded individuals, whether it's around a hobby or a specific topic or something that you're passionate about. And then once you have those things written down, I would really sit and think, how can I serve in this capacity to provide a mutually beneficial experience? Because cultivating community, whether it's through making new mom friends or it's through a networking experience. If you're just asking all the time, that's not cultivating community, right? It's a bi-directional exchange between both you and the other people that are in this space. And so I think getting very clear of what value do I have to add? Maybe I'm really struggling with I don't know, organization. I feel like my life is super chaotic. My house is a mess, like whatever those things are. But I'm really, really strong in the kitchen and creating like cost effective meal prepping strategies for a household of four plus individuals, whatever that looks like. I'm really clear on the value that I have to bring to the table. And I'm also very clear on what it is that I'm looking for and where I'm looking for that support. I love that you bring that up. And I think the confidence piece is so important, right? Because if you enter a friendship or a community, people probably want to support you and be your friend. But if you're in this space of just my life sucks, whoa, me, everything's hard, then we have to be realistic and honest that the other people are going to be like, look, I feel for you, but I can't take all that on right now. So then you're not getting that friendship that you're looking for, where if you can lead with that giving and that servant mentality, 
And you may be struggling with certain things. If you can be like, here's what I can provide. And then you're able to receive. And it does help us receive when we're giving. We know that it's factual. It makes us feel good. Then you're able to get that mutual compound and respect. So that's like a super personal, like mom version of this. But community is so important really in everything, whether it's your career, even your household, and also in your business. I'd love for you to talk about like how this shows up for you, especially because the primary two kind of pillars in your life right now are business and family, right? So how do you build these different communities within your own little tiny girl game, (laughs) as you call it? And also outside where you're cultivating all of this connection for others. Yeah. So I have on the business side, I have two different businesses. I run an in-person community here in Arizona for female entrepreneurs and professionals. And I also have a coaching business. I'm a business strategist and a community building mentor, really teaching other business owners how to incorporate community into their overall business strategy for compound growth, expansion, brand visibility, increased revenue, all of the things. And this really happened out of a sense of necessity for me when I, again, I left corporate and I didn't know who my people were and I was really searching for it and I wasn't finding what I was looking for. I feel like a lot of people came to my aid at that time because I'm a high achiever by nature and I was knocked down. And, you know, just seeing the graciousness of people like dropping off a coffee on my doorstep or Sending a kind text, thinking of you and checking in really showed me how important that was and how I wanted to carry that into this new era and this new version of myself as an entrepreneur. And so I just really was humbled very quick on even as a high achieving professional, we can need people too. And we can need to Mm. feel seen and need to feel heard and just need to have space held for us. And I really am intentional about cultivating relationships that are purpose-driven, even with my kids. And I'm not going to pretend to be a perfect mom. I have my days too. I yell sometimes. I get frustrated. I lose my patience. But at the end of the day, especially being mom of all girls, I don't ever want there to be a time where they feel like I'm not their people, right? Like I might be like cringy. If that, you know, all the buzzwords that I don't know how to use appropriately, I may be that, but I don't ever want them to second guess being able to come to me in a vulnerable state and really open up and feel like I will hold that space for them. So I really try to incorporate them even into my business practices of creating community for people and be talking about it regularly. And it may sound like, oh, yeah, you have a toddler. She probably doesn't get it, but she would actually be surprised on the ways that they're able to really articulate and understand with their little minds of like what this looks like and what it's doing for people and how it's helping and how it's creating connection. It's really cool. So they'll see me working or they'll see me doing things. And it's so cute because they'll say, oh, mom, what are you doing? Oh, I'm working. And they're like, oh, Collab Culture or West Collective? Like they know, (laughs) they know there's two businesses. They love hearing about the events and seeing pictures and videos and me just talking about connecting with people. And so I really think integrating that culture into every aspect of my life has made it so natural and organic that at this point, it's like muscle memory. Like I just do it with such intentionality that I, you know, once you work that muscle so much, It just becomes ingrained in who you are and you just seek to serve first and know that's going to come back to you tenfold, whether it's through support, whether it's through, you know, business referrals, whatever that might look like, it will come back if you lead with like that servant heart first. Yeah. Having three girls specifically, typically when people are the same gender in a family, there's a little more pressure to be like best friends to connect a little bit more. And I'm curious how you cultivate friendship between your girls and also maybe not put the pressure on that they're best friends, especially with your leadership background and community building. And what we were talking about earlier that you don't have to be everything for someone and they don't have to be everything for you. But we want to have a good culture of community in our family. How do you navigate that balance at this point for how old they are? And it's a, it's tough ages. Like my 10 year old, especially is really, she's going to be going into middle school next year. She's a little bit young for her grade. 
And she's got that preteen angst. Everything is annoying. She's bothered by the toddler. And I think it's really important to just bring them back, like you said, where you don't have to be best friends. I'm not asking you to do any and everything to one another. But the thing that I will tell them constantly is in this house, we're a team. We're a team. Mm -hmm. We function as a unit. And we all have different responsibilities in different areas where we provide value to the team. And everybody isn't going to be good at everything, but that's the value of us being a unit because where mommy maybe isn't as strong, daddy picks up the slack where maybe you really shine in this one thing, you know, sissy's a little bit better. And we kind of figure out like, we don't have to be that everything for everyone. And I think articulating it like a team really helps them to understand that we all have our individual roles and we can coexist and all be individual humans. As soon as I'll say that, like we're a team, like in this house, we're a team, they get it and they can articulate like, oh, we're on the soccer field, like all going towards the same goal, but we all have different responsibilities. And so I think that's huge. I mean, we always say like emotions and volume run high in this house and that is very true. And so I think just really trying to bring it back to like our goal as a family is, you know, X, Y, and Z, whatever that looks like for the season of life that we're in and in a manner that they can understand, right? Sometimes we try to speak to them like they're adults and then they just look at us with those glazed over looks. And I'm like, oh, and my husband will say, they don't know what that word means. I'm like, okay, let's go back to the drawing board. But I think the one I've most consistently found is that analogy of like, we're a team when we're on the field, when we're functioning together, this is what our individual roles are. But like, there's times that we're not on the fields and we just Mm -hmm. coexist as individuals too. I love that. I think that is such a good way to put it. And especially like you said, it's easier for kids to understand, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't like expire. It's not only for like toddlers. It can continue up to any age. So I absolutely love that. Speaking of team, you have multiple businesses, one of which is solely yours and one that you have built with a longtime friend. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about the differences, the benefits, and for someone that's maybe considering stepping into something, even if it's just putting together a mom group or a hobby on the side, how do you know when it's okay to move forward with a friend for a venture that's exciting you? It is such a 50-50. I feel like I've heard so many success stories and so many stories that have gone horribly wrong. And I think getting very aligned on the front end with your future vision for whatever that's going to be and really understanding going back to the team, right? Just taking it back to like the elementary version. What are our roles? What do we contribute to the team? And one of my very best friends in the world, Stephanie, we've been friends for, I don't even know, 28, 29 years now. And we have so many things in common, but our strengths are so different. And it is such a complimentary, like harmonious marriage with one another, because quite frankly, all the things that I am not good at or I don't want to do are the places she shines and all and vice versa, right? The things that she doesn't want to do or she doesn't thrive on are the places I shine. And then there's like some gray matter in between where we kind of like overlap back and forth. But I think really articulating that vision and that expectation of like role-based responsibilities sooner than you think, even if it's as simple as starting like a free Facebook group. I was actually on a call right before this for my group coaching program. And this was one of the things that we had a conversation around. She is looking at co-launching a community with um, a couple of friends here locally. And we were talking about whether they're going to charge or not, right? Whether it's going to be a paid entity or a free entity. And so getting really clear at articulating, like, what are the elements of this community? What are the things? What are the responsibilities? Who's going to be responsible for what? How much time is that going to take? And I said, all of these things are really important to put on the table. So everybody's really clear about what you're coming into the mix with. I will tell you, having a partner in cultivating the community through collab culture has been 
such an absolute gift because there have definitely been times where we have had to challenge one another in different areas and really said like, hey, you know, maybe I have an idea on something and she can offer a different perspective and say, well, what if we considered X, Y, and Z or vice versa? And I feel like it's saved us, honestly, a lot of headache from making gut check decisions or emotional decisions or whatever those things are, because we have kind of that sounding board to go back and forth with. So I absolutely love running the community side with a partner. And just quite frankly, like if one of us gets sick or we go on vacation or like these other things come into play. And really going into 2024, we're looking to like expand our back end team and bringing on like a VA and an OBM and like some other people to help uh, really execute our vision to its fullest extent and have that infrastructure and support. But we kind of had to learn along the way. So I would say when you're going into it, if you are considering opening something with a friend, it's really easy to say like, oh, we've been friends forever. It'll be fine. But until it's not right? Until it's not. And then you have nothing to refer back to, to really center yourselves, especially if you get into a situation where, you know, maybe emotions are high or somebody has a really passionate opinion in a certain type of way to really go back to basics and say, this is the agreement that we made at the beginning and use that to kind of reground yourself and then revisit it at a later time. So I would just say, do that first before you meet it and really get clear on expectations and roles. In the coaching business, I run that on my own. I absolutely love it. It is so, so fun. I have really spent the past year redefining and redesigning my offer suite and the way that I'm showing up and serving other people. And I just love coaching. I love brainstorming with people and getting into challenging scenarios and really helping them navigate them. And I feel like it's the perfect marriage of like my corporate girl era and my like 2.0 entrepreneurship era coming together with like heavy strategy, but also just a love for people and helping them incorporate community into their business. And you're so good at it. I will advocate for you on that. I absolutely love watching you shine in both those roles, but especially that one. What are some of the daily tactics, ways that you organize your life to be able to wear all these hats? Is it truly just like every day is different and there's a little bit of survival mode? Or do you feel like you have a really good method and system maybe 80% of the time? And what does that look like balancing the businesses, the family, your own self-care, whether it's like getting your eyelashes done or anything else? How do you fit all the pieces together? Yeah, I definitely live and die by my Google calendar and I have it color coordinated. My husband rags on me all the time, but I really, when I block out my week or my month, if I'm looking ahead of time, I always use my personal things as what I would consider my big blocks. So whether it's me going to the gym, whether it's me getting a lash fill or it's me getting a massage and it may sound superficial and vain, But I really struggled in 2023 with self-care, or I should say at the beginning of 23 and then before then with self-care, prioritizing myself, my health was trash, like it was really horrible. And come about spring of 23, I really kind of like hit a spot where I was like, something has to change. This is not working and really found I had to be so much more intentional with making that stuff a non-negotiable. So for me, When I plan it out, I put those things. If I have a recurring, I don't know, nail appointment, if I am, I love to go to cycle every Thursday morning or whatever those things are, I put those things in as my big blocks first. I also stopped taking any meetings prior to 10 a.m. So nobody can book into my calendar. I could technically put a meeting there if I wanted to, but my calendar is not open for booking prior to 10 a.m because I really try to be intentional about reserving the mornings for anything that I need to do for myself. And on the flip side, on the back end, because I do drop off and pick up the tiny humans, I have a hard stop for school pickup and have really been conscious about being intentional with doing my absolute best to not be doing work things once I pick them up. So I pick them up, we do homework, we do jujitsu, we do tumbling, like whatever all the things that we're gonna do, we have dinner as a family, My husband is reading this book right now, Habits of a Household, 
and really trying to get super intentional about just the culture that we're cultivating within our home through habits. And so, you know, no TV on while we're eating, no phones at the table, like just creating that space where our kids feel like they're the focal point of our attention. I'm not going to say that's always perfect. Sometimes I have an evening call, but I really try my best to communicate that to them ahead of time. Like, hey, I pick them up from school and I'll say, we're going to go to jujitsu. We're going to do these things. And then, you know, mommy has a call from six to seven. I'm going to be in the office and just setting those, again, those realistic expectations with that. Once I have that stuff in that is like my big blocks, like my hard stop, non-negotiable things. Then from there, I go in and really just try to organize. I just organize it by color. So I do, you know, all the stuff for collab, do all the stuff for my coaching business, put those in any podcast recording stuff. And then I have in 2023, I did incorporate a CEO day on Mondays. So on Monday, I don't take any outside meetings. I don't have any, you know, prior commitments. If I decide I want to hop on a networking call or something like that on a Monday, I will. But it's really allowed me to create that time and space for me to be moving the needle on the back end of my business and focusing a lot more on working on my business rather than just always working in my business, treading water, you know, keeping things moving, but not actually making progression towards my ultimate big goal. So good. So many good takeaways from that. I love it. You have to have a purpose and intention and know where you want to go in order to do that, right? To create, whether it's those habits you were talking about in your house or it's color coordinating your calendar, you have to have an intention of why you're doing that or where you're going. When you think about the life you've cultivated as an entrepreneur, as a mom, even when you were in corporate and then the communities and the connections that you're having, it all has a purpose behind it right? It all has a reason that you're doing it. How do you find that purpose with each action, whether it's, is it for you like a daily reflection, a quarterly, we're going to be about a month into the new year when this releases? Is it like an annual goal? What are some of the ways you stay connected to that purpose, whether it's networking and that one-to-one conversation, or it's literally waking up and getting the little humans to school? How do you stay core to, okay, Haley, this is why we're here today doing this? Yeah, for sure. I used to do annual goals. That's how I used to set things. And I have found, I don't know if it's my personality type, maybe it's my, you know, multi-passionate tendencies. I don't really know what it is. That just did not work well for me. I am very much like an all or nothing And I find if I set annual goals, I'm just like sprinting towards everything all at once. So I end up showing up maybe like subpar in all the things instead of wholeheartedly in the one thing. So I really have shifted, especially going into this new year of doing a monthly focus and really focusing on what am I focusing on for this month? Now, granted, I do have a calendar with like program launches. And if I'm going to be attending different conferences and things like that, I have stuff like that that's built out further. But if I'm focusing on like, hey, this month, where are the areas that I really want to pour my attention into in my business, within my home, with my marriage, with my kids, with my finances, with my faith, with my health, all of these different areas, like what is my focal point for this month only? And I find that it really helps me. I am, you know, a networker and a extrovert and I love meeting people and talking to people, but I also can fall in the trap of just like doing that so much that I actually don't have time for anything else. And so I really try to be intentional about, okay, this month, my goal is blank or my focal point is blank. I'm working on blank and then really running these things through a filter where I'm like, okay, I'm going to show up for this networking call. Is this in alignment with my focus for this month? Yes or no. Am I facilitating? That's a different story because obviously I'm showing up no matter what. But if I am participating, really getting clear and intentional about why I'm there, who are the other people that are there, and is this in alignment with what I need right now? And that has helped me quiet the noise a little bit and like get out of that FOMO mindset and really be able to focus more on Am I going because I have FOMO or am I going because I'm really looking to create a 
collaborative partnership with somebody who does fill in the blank. And I haven't quite come across that person yet. So I'm challenging myself to get into new rooms to hopefully find someone. So for me, Mm. monthly has been best. Uh, I don't know about you, but I go through these waves with like a paper planner where like I love the thought of it. Like it feels so fun and like passionate, like new year, fun pens, stickers, all the things. And then you get like three months into the year and you abandon ship and you never use it again. I've been prone to doing that a lot and haven't used one in a while. But a friend of mine introduced me to this. It's like a quarterly planner and it's undated. So you can really start it at any time. And I really like the way that it's laid out because it gives you your to-do list, but then it also does like a focus three for the day. And so it allows my like, you know, chaotic brain to really be able to hone in and say like, what do I need? Like right now I need to get some freaking laundry done. Or right now my kid is having a really hard week and I need to carve out space and time to sit with her to really pour into her before she goes to bed. Or right now I feel like my husband and I could desperately need a date night. Like whatever that looks like, I feel like it allows me to narrow it in a little bit more. So yeah, it's called Hustle Sanely is the name of the brand. And it's like a quarterly undated planner. And I feel like it's like the happy marriage where it's like, it's only three months. Like, yeah, I can do this for three months. And then you're like, oh, I did it. I'll get another one. <laughs> oh, I did it. I'll yeah. get another one. So I've really been liking that. And I just started that going into this new year. And I feel like it's helped me stay way more focused. I love that. I agree. I love paper planners, but I usually end up with my own version of it because, yeah, sometimes there's like too many things that they're trying to get you to do in there. And I also have a system where I come back to, okay, what are the like top focuses and priorities for this season? And I love that you talk about how that shows up with like how you go to networking events or calls or anything else to say, okay, am I doing this because of FOMO or am I doing this because it's going to get me to where I want to go? And the first place I feel like I started doing that was actually acknowledging that with our family trips or adventures or barbecues or any of that where it was like, okay, are we saying yes to this baby shower, barbecue, friend gathering, because we just feel like we have to? Or is it a good decision right now? And it's I use Disneyland as an example, because I feel like there's a lot of parental pressure to go to places like Disneyland, where sometimes it's are you going because that's like really important to your family and your kids are actually really excited about it. And they're Disney kids. Or are you going because you feel like that's what you're supposed to do as a parent? And I feel like it's the same thing as like, a person is like, are you going and doing that because you feel like you're supposed to go do that? Or are you doing that because it's actually important to you? So I feel like getting that purpose behind networking, family vacations, whatever it is, is like so important. And knowing what it is that's important to you. And to your point, it's hard to plan it for like a year later. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I feel that so hard. And I I actually experienced that very much during 2020 where I also have a Google calendar for our family. And so that's like, again, each person has their own color and it helps us communicate if like my husband travels a fair amount for work. So like he's going to be gone or I have nighttime commitments for work that he needs to be present at home for. And so we use that. And I remember him telling me, like literally echoing what you said, where he's like, who is this person and why are we going to their birthday party? Or are we going because you feel that? Or are we going because we actually want to go? And then I feel like 2020, like wipe the slate where it's like, oh, no one's going to anything. And then it was like almost a reset where it was like, okay, now we use the kind of that same intentionality when we're saying yes to things in our personal life too, where it's like, does saying yes to this sacrifice something else that's important to me? And if so, am I okay with that? The answer may still be yes, but at least the filter is there for us to use discernment to figure out, is this FOMO or do I actually want to go to this? Yeah. I like to think of that in my life as like energy profits and expenses. Mm -hmm. And it's a term I've used before. Is this profiting me on an emotional level, on a spiritual level, on a just like human level? Or is this like an expense in my like energy tank or anything else? One of the things that you speak to in your program is actually called people to profit, right? And so when we think about the actual term profit, like revenue coming into your business or life, 
you talk a lot about how community leads you to that. But I think it's also in this sense that community can be an energy profit and it can also be an energy drain. What are the ways that you help all community or all business owners, I should say, or individuals see the profit through people where someone may be listening and they're like, community building, I don't know, it's not really for me or that doesn't apply to my business. You and I definitely know that basically every business, I can't think of one, doesn't have a place where community could be beneficial and exist. But how have you seen, what are some examples where maybe you've seen people not feel like it's applicable and it really is? I think it really, the big thing I see is people assume that it fits in this one little box, right? The perfect little Tiffany's box, the blue box with the white bow, and it has to look a certain type of way. And it has to be this big overarching beast or like a formal membership or a formal paid thing. And it's like, well, that actually isn't the case. So a lot of time that I spend with people is really like debunking that myth and really getting them to think outside of the box of what this can look like within their own business. And I would echo exactly what you said, incorporating a community element or what I'd say like cultivating a community-based business isn't so much about the formality of you creating a quote group, if you will. It's about the culture that you are creating amongst the people that you interact with in your business. This could be clients, this could be leads, this could be peers, this could be power partnerships. There's a hundred ways that that could show up. And I've shared this story before, but Last year, I formed this, or I guess it was like late 2022, with three strangers I met from the internet. We met online. We met through Instagram. We all ran communities for female founders. We all had coaching or consulting businesses. And we really found this common thread with one another in this like crazy chaos that we had all chosen on purpose. And we started doing like Zoom coffee dates and started connecting with one another, really masterminding on each other's business. Nobody's paying anyone. We're literally just showing up and serving one another with no expectation and just showing up in that space. We end up deciding to meet in person. We booked this mastermind trip to Newport Beach back in October. And you would have thought us running through the airport was like we were being reunited after being separated from like childhood friendship. And we had literally never met in real life. And I share that story because that is community. And that is what community can look like. And it can also look like collab culture, which is a 140 member formal membership based community. It can look 101 different ways. I have another client who's a product based business and she sells baby products. So she sells like gifts for babies. And she was really struggling trying to figure out how do I cultivate community amongst my customers and create that? Like I'm selling something. It's a tangible product, right? So we started Mm -hmm. getting into her story and the things that are important about her and the story behind the brand and her daughter's adopted. And she's really passionate about the adoptive community and the fertility community. And we really honed in on she should be sharing her story and creating opportunity for connection in that space through her email list. She doesn't have to have something formal, but just sharing her story and creating a sense of belonging for people, that is creating community. And so I think, yes, while it's the warm and fuzzies, and I think sometimes people think, oh, yeah, well, it makes you feel good, but it doesn't make you any money. No, actually, it makes you a crap load of money because you are cultivating an infrastructure that is going to create the most solid foundation where you are the immediate front of mind resource for whoever this person is that is needing your service, your product, et cetera, because you're pouring into these relationships You're talking about the ways that you help people. You're talking about the ways that they help people. And you can't help but think of them first because you're creating, you know, that relationship with them. A lot of time it's kind of articulating what could that look like for them. And then we talk about all the different ways that will show up for them in their business. Increased revenue, better quality leads and referrals, better brand visibility, higher client retention by creating a community amongst your existing clients or customers. And all of these really tactical and measurable ways that they can figure out how these efforts are then being quantified on the back end of their business. Yeah. And you specifically help business owners create and cultivate community and how that can show up. Mm -hmm. But I hope everyone's hearing like this is just as applicable if like you can bring this into the organization that you work at for either your coworkers cultivating a community or for your clients at the organization you work at. 
or just like friends and family and different people. Like we're talking about all those examples, but yes, the actual revenue profit and where it can make you a lot of money, we're specifically talking about as business owners. But I think that community is underutilized in every aspect of our lives. But yet it's this common theme that we all already have present in one way or another. So it's just like building on that. What would you say to the introverted leader, to the person that's maybe like, I see that community is important, but like, I'm not outgoing. I don't know how to step up and be the person to lead that. Yeah, I think it's simply being very clear about what it is that you're looking for, right? Whether you're looking for stay-at-home mom friends, whether you're looking for people that are passionate about, I don't know, uh, faith, whether it's looking for business friends, whatever it is that you're looking for, getting really clear about what that is. And simply at first, just challenging yourself to get in the room. I talk about this a lot about getting yourself in the room, testing things out. Yes, in the end of the day, it's going to be reliant on you actually speaking and like connecting with each other. But oftentimes the first step is the hardest, right? We got to rip the bandaid off and we got to put ourselves in the ring and getting really clear. But if we don't understand what it is that we're looking for, again, we're going to place unrealistic expectations upon the spaces that we're putting ourselves in because we don't really know what we want. We're like, trying to figure it out, but we're not sure. And then we're let down because we're like, well, this isn't it, but we'd actually didn't know what it was in the first place. And so I would say really challenging yourself to put yourself in the room. I actually, to go back to this book, I literally just started reading this book yesterday, but I would highly recommend, she actually specifically speaks a lot to the introverted person in this Find Your People book by Jenny Allen. And she talks a lot about what that could look like and really creating small circles and allowing yourself to be vulnerable and ask for help in the areas in which you need it. Because when we open up ourselves to the help, it allows it to call that energy in and really pull in the people that can help pour into us in that way. And, you know, we live in this society where, you know, everyone's about image and like, what are people going to think? And they're going to judge me because my marriage is struggling or I feel like I'm a bad mom and my kids telling me they hate me or I got fired from my job or whatever that looks like. But it's actually an invitation for other people to feel like it's safe for them to be vulnerable too. And that is doing just as much of a service for people as cultivating some sort of large room, large gathering. It could simply be calling a friend and saying, I'm really struggling and I could use some help and I feel like you're the person who could provide that help for me and allowing yourself to open that door of communication. Again, it's just an invitation for another person to feel honestly special because they're like, oh my gosh, like they're in a vulnerable spot and they're feeling this way and they chose me. Like of all people, they chose me and that the more you get comfortable with doing that, you know, it will evolve over the course of time in whatever capacity it needs to for you. Again, it doesn't have to be big or small. It can be either or. But I think creating that invitation for other people to feel seen and heard is a great first step. And just pick one person. Yeah. And I love your example, too, with the email for your client when taking it back to business is it doesn't mean that you have to launch a big event or host a meetup or be this person of spotlight in leading your community. Like you could bring community into your business by cultivating those relationships via you writing an email. Like you can sit behind the scenes and still be introverted and cultivate community and participate in community in all these different ways. And I think so often I hear from people that are feeling like really nervous to raise their hand or go first that they're like, well, I just can't do that. It doesn't feel good to me. I don't want to do that. It's okay, but what is your version of it? And I think that sending out a connection email and a newsletter is such a good example. Is there anything else like that, specifically in like the business or even like hobby side hustle, community building area that you could do it where it's a little less, it's kind of like this sneaky community building, like you're doing it, but it's not always what we're thinking of. Yeah, I would totally say doing like email, Or podcasting, I think, is great. Even if you're not in a space where you're like, I don't know if I'll be a good interviewer or I'm not going to know what to ask. Like, 
simply just record and start talking and allow your voice to be heard. A lot of people, I actually used to do a lot of coaching in the social media space, and a lot of people have this weird mental block about putting their face to camera, right? They're like, oh, no, I can't put my face on video. And it's like, start with your voice. Allow people to experience the tonality of your voice and your emotion and the inflections in your voice. And even if they don't see your face and you're just doing it as storytelling over B-roll, that's still allowing people to kind of come into your world and feel immersed in experiencing you as a human being. I think we're just overcomplicating what this has to look like. I think creating the email, if you have the ability or the interest in even doing like live Q&As where you can go on and you're not necessarily facing everyone in like a Zoom, but you're just talking to a screen and that's recording. That's a great way to create an opportunity for people to feel connected to you. Getting a blog is a great way for people to feel connected to you. I do a lot of storytelling in my emails. So generally when I write emails, I may be writing one sales email a month. And really the other three emails for the month are cultivating my personal brand and really creating a personal connection with people. And you guys do not overcomplicate it. I literally told a story about the unpopular opinion of liking Brussels sprouts in an email. And I had like 20 people respond to the email and are like, oh my gosh, I love this story so much. P.S. I'm team Brussels sprouts. Like it does not have to be anything crazy. The whole point of the email was talking about unpopular opinions and how you're not going to be for everyone. But I used yeah. Brussels sprouts as an example. So I think just starting wherever feels comfortable, if it feels more comfortable to be like a one directional voice, if you will, where you're kind of just allowing your voice to be heard. Those are some great options through written or vocal format where you can allow your voice to be heard and just people to feel a sense of connection to you. And then once you feel more comfortable with that, that can always evolve. So good. Also team Brussels sprouts. But taking it back to the podcasting, you have a podcast that just launched. Tell me a little bit about who your podcast is for, where everyone can find it and where else everyone can connect with you. Yeah. So the podcast is called The Serial Connector, which is very on brand for me as a human being. I am just so excited. The people that are coming in to listen to this podcast are going to be people that really value human connection and just the value that comes from cultivating relationships. We're going to talk about things from business to motherhood to just life in general, how relationships serve you in different seasons of life, different ways that people are creatively cultivating connection within their life and business. It's going to be a mix of some solo episodes as well as some guest episodes, which I'm super excited about, all of the amazing guests that are coming on the show. And it's just a space for me to be able to really invite people into the conversation of what this could look like, what other people are experiencing. My hope is that you come here and feel seen or at least validated that all of us don't have it together either. And that's okay. We're just real humans that maybe you listen to on a podcast or come across on the interwebs, but we have problems too. And here are some examples on how we're navigating them. So a lot of storytelling, a lot of tactical tips about things that you can incorporate into your daily routine or your habits, if you will, to really just be a more intentional connector in whatever season of life that you're in. So I am so, so excited. This has been on my list for honestly, probably a year. And I am really glad that I waited because I feel like I have just dove head deep in this like full identity as a connector and community builder. And I feel like there's no better time than 2024 to launch this podcast. So if you guys want to come hang out, we're on all the podcasting places under the Serial Connector. Love it. And we'll link it down below too. Where else can everyone connect with you, get into your world? You host a free monthly community builders call for current or aspiring community builders. I love those calls. For anyone that is looking to build a community or is currently a community builder, how can they get on those? Yeah. So the best place to find me is on the gram. You can find me under the Haley Westfalls, T-H-E-H-A-L-E-Y. Simple Haley, don't fancy it up. Westfall, W-E-S-T-F-A-L-L. -L. We'll put it in the show notes as well. There is a link in my bio to join the community builders calls. They are the third Friday of the month. There is one call for your aspiring or early stage community builders and then one call for our 
OG seasoned builders, the conversations are very different. Don't stress if you pick the wrong lane. We can always jump you ship to the other side if you choose it. It would be a better fit for you. Or as you evolve, if you start in the aspiring side and eventually migrate over to the seasoned conversation, that's an option too. But yeah, like Kelsey said, they're a great opportunity in a free format to really come network, make intentional connections, brainstorm, vent if you need to, get feedback, whatever that looks like. There's a link in my bio over on Instagram where you can opt in for those calls. I'm also trying to invigorate my LinkedIn. (laughs) It kind of went like dormant after my corporate girl era. So if you want to come hang out with me on LinkedIn, I'm also over there under Haley Westfall as well. Love it. So you have a lot of newness going on and you have this coming fall, your last baby entering school. Plus you are building this new podcast and your new community groups and uh, programs that you have going on. What is the biggest goal for 2024 or maybe the one that's just like exciting you the most? Personally, professionally, I know you've been focusing on your health so much. When you think about like 2024 Haley, what is the Mama Has Goals Haley? Yeah, I think 2024 Haley is just very crystal clear on creating more impact by doing less. And I think that that is really coming. It is difficult as a multi-passionate high achiever and a mom of three and a wife and, you know, running multiple businesses. It is really challenging, but I have found myself really trying to navigate and finding my way as both an entrepreneur and a mom and trying to figure out how I wanted to serve. And I really feel like I've like found my home. And so I'm really working on just doing less, but doing it better. Now, you know, to the lay person, you may go over to the Instagram and you're like, she's not doing less. She's doing a lot. But I promise you, it it is less. And it's, and I don't even necessarily mean quantity of like events and things like that, but really honing in my focal point on cultivating that community element and really empowering and teaching people how to incorporate that in their business and really making that my bread and butter service. I think by doing that, it's also just offering me the opportunity to be a lot more present mentally and physically with my family. And like you shared, I was telling Kelsey before the call or before the recording that my last babe is headed into kindergarten in August and I am literally mourning like in a way that I never thought that I would. I always thought when my oldest went into kindergarten, that was like the most heart wrenching. I didn't even feel it till we physically dropped her off. And I was just like sobbing behind my sunglasses. Like, how did we get here? But I feel like it's almost like the end of an era where, you know, you don't have babies anymore. Like all my kids are going to be at the same place, which has literally never happened before. (laughs) They've never been at the same place ever. And so I feel like I just feel at peace with like, I am just going to be in such a good place and serving in a way that feels so aligned and be able to be more present for my family at home and really show up for them in a different capacity. So again, to the lay eye, it may not look like I'm doing less, but I very much (laughs) promise that I am and just trying to do it better in every aspect, whether it's creating better habits within our home, getting rid of all of the physical noise of like just having so much going on and so many things and really just trying to thin the herd on my focus on the areas of life that are really important to me and the ways that I'm serving within my business and my family. So good. And I love watching it all because you're doing a great job already. For someone that's been listening to this and they're like, yep, okay, community building, I need my people. What is one action that they could take today to just think about the community maybe they have, they want, as we end this episode with all these takeaways, can we bring it back to one tangible thing that they could take action on in 10 minutes or less today? Yeah, I would say if you had one area of your life where you were looking for community, where would that be? I would sit down and I would write down what that is. Like I shared before, there's so many different areas this could show up, whether it's in business or in marriage or in, you know, navigating a new season of life, or maybe your kids are, you know, you're now an empty nester and you didn't have that season before. What is the one area of your life where you're looking for support? 
and writing down three things that you're hoping to gain from that space. Because again, I think we get in the unfortunate spiral of not having clarity around what we're looking for. So it allows us to provide really unrealistic expectations for other people and understanding what that might look like. I think really looking for that in unconventional spaces, it doesn't have to necessarily be a paid membership. It doesn't have to be a, you know, formal subscription. Maybe it is. It depends on what that looks like for you. But I would really challenge you to have that, put it on a piece of paper, wherever it is, put it on the screensaver on your phone and really have that front of mind every day so that you have your eyes and ears open instead of blinders on, right? As moms, we're like navigating life and we're like, I'm just trying to like bob and weave through these pylons and not hit one on my way as I'm driving and really trying to figure out what is front of mind? What am I looking for? And that makes it way easier when it does cross your path to recognize it because you're kind of honing in on it every day. So a quick list, I'm looking for support in my marriage. Really, I'm looking for support around stress around finances, clutter within my home, and creating a well-balanced schedule for my family, whatever that looks like. Then when you have that front of mind, as you come across things, whether it's on the internet or conversations, if you're looking at that list every day, it's going to become way easier for you to like, have that light bulb go off of like, hey, maybe this could be a good solution for what it is that I'm looking for. Mm, That was so good. Thank you so much. Definitely making that one list, hitting those three areas of support so that you can receive that support and help that we want in community. Haley, this was such a good conversation. I know you have to do little kid pickup. So thank you so much for being here. And I can't wait to have you back soon. Amazing. Thank you so much. You, your story, and what you have to offer this world fills me up. I want to meet you. Join me on Instagram at this is Kelsey Smith, and let's create a ripple effect for mamas with goals. Together is better.